You guys can have a seat. Give me a high five. You guys stay up here. You guys stay up here. Though. Give me a high five. High five. High five. High five. Right there? Real high. All right. Now, it's great to have you here. My name's Josh, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I have the privilege of reporting back when the amazing thing God did last Sunday. If you weren't here last Sunday, go online, watch that service. We had a special in-gathering for our Shine On project, and it was a beautiful service. We had great worship music, which we always do, a good sermon, which we always do as well. And I love it when we have kids up here singing, because last week we had Victoria singing, and she sang, This Little Light of Mine. And really what, what it's about, what we're about as a church, is being a light, shining God's love to as many people as possible. The kids this week, they sang Cornerstone. And it's just amazing to think about having kids grow up where God is their cornerstone, where they can actually have that foundation and that strength and not be distracted by the things that often distract them in this world. And so we had a great service last week. I, I get to report back a little bit about what happened. We actually had this in-gathering, and we had 513 individuals or families turn in pledge cards last week, which is very good. 513. Good job, guys. And... Uh, those 513 turn-in pledge cards pledging $5,680,103. Which is also just an unbelievable, like the generosity you guys are showing is just truly amazing. And it's great because ultimately this is about a whole family. We're a family as a church. And our goal is that the whole family will be able to expand what God is doing here by expanding the facility we have. And so we had great things last week. Great service, great numbers, but I got to tell you, my highlight of last week was something a little different. And the highlight started over the weekend. Over the weekend, I was talking to my own kids about the Shine On project, and they know about it. They know that there's crowding in the cove where they are. They, some of my kids, they volunteer in the cove, and I have kids in Uptown, and so they know the crowding there and how much we need some room for that. They've heard about how there are adults who want to go to classes like Starting Point and Living Free, and we don't have the room for that. They know that this was planned. This was the plan for the building all along, and now we are trying to actually fulfill that. So they know all those things. And so we talked about that a little bit over the weekend. Then Sunday morning came. And Sunday mornings for me are crazy. Like maybe it's like you getting ready for work. I got to be here early. I got a bunch of classes I'm teaching, a bunch of things going on last Sunday. So a lot of things going on. All of a sudden, my daughter comes to me. I'm rushing to get here. My daughter comes to me and says, Dad, I've got to go to big church today. Now, this is big church, in case you're wondering, as opposed to the kids' service. I got to go to big church. And I'm kind of annoyed because I'm in a rush. I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm like all right, I, I got to get I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Why, why do you need to go to big church? And she goes, Dad, I've got $3 that I want to give to Shine On because I want more people to know about Jesus. But this is my, like, she stops me in my tracks because I'm like, I was annoyed with you. And you're like, you want, I got $3. Then Thursday, when I got the email about the number that we have, you, did you notice the number? $5,680,103, right? I showed it to my daughter, and she said, that's my $3. And the reason I tell you that story is because, like we said, this is really about all of us. We're a family, and, and we know that God wants to do more things, and so we're asking every single person who calls us their church to be able to make a pledge. And we had great numbers last week, and we got a little ways to go as well. The numbers to put that second floor on uh, that, the south side of the building over here, about 7.2 and a little bit to put on that floor, and then we're hoping to get rid of some of the debt as well. And so the message this morning is, hey, there are a number of us who didn't get the opportunity to do that. And you're going to get the opportunity today to do that, both in your bulletin and you have the ability to do it online as well, that you can pledge to that because we're excited about what God's doing. And we want to see that continue and continue and continue. And so right now, 
I'm going to introduce Maria, who's going to come up and share some more announcements. I get to take the kids out. One of these is my daughter, but she said I couldn't tell you who she is. So. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. How are you all doing this morning? Okay, I think you guys can be a little more enthusiastic than the 8.30 service. Come on. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Um, so it is so amazing to see what God has been doing through the Shine On campaign. Um, I, my name is Maria Texera. Um, I'm a senior in high school, so I've been coming here since I was about six years old. So seeing how the church has grown in the last 10 years is just awesome, and um, it's definitely helped me grow in my faith, so it's really cool. So if it's your first time down there, don't worry, it's my first time up here. Um, so I would love to meet you at the Guest Connections area in the lobby, um, get to know you a little bit, give you a free gift, and talk to you. Um, also, if you're a new guest, um, we have our open house event next week during the 1130 service. Um, it's a good way to just get connected and know what the leaders are doing, um, maybe get a little behind the scenes of what's going on. Um, and also, if, you were, if you've been here for a little while or maybe here last year, um, we had our Love Work Service Day. Um, it was so amazing last year to see everyone um, just get together and give back to the community. Um, so it's a good opportunity to sign up with your friends and your family and serve. Um, we have a booth outside of the Love Work Service booth, and you get a free T-shirt. So that's a plus, I think, right? Everyone's free T-shirt. Um, and also, if you are ready to, to take your next step um, in your relationship with God, um, we have our baptism service coming up on June 24th. Um, last two years, about three years ago, actually, um, I was baptized here, and it was just an amazing experience to just share my story and be able to get baptized with my community and fellow believers, and so cool to just hear everyone's story. My favorite part is hearing everyone's story, um, see how they've grown in their relationship. Um, so yeah, we also have two classes that you choose from when you want to get baptized, so you know a little bit how the service works and what you have to do to write your testimony and all that. So two services right here on the screen, June 3rd and 10th, so you can choose from that. And that's all I have, and now turn your attention to the screen. Our Father, who art in heaven, Today we remember those men and women who have died in service to our country. We pause to reflect on the lives sacrificed while protecting our freedoms. We confess that most days we are oblivious to the price paid by men and women in uniform and yet we live every day in the freedom they laid down their lives to give us. So today, we recall the words of Jesus when he said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And let us not forget that each life lost represents other lives that are left to pick up the pieces. We lift up widows and widowers, brothers and sisters, parents and children of the service men and women who fought valiantly for our country. We ask for your peace and comfort to never leave them. God, we thank you for the lives of these men and women. May their memory and their service never be forgotten. Amen. 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 Uh, this weekend, we remember those who have sacrificed for our freedom. And uh, we don't do this enough. 
We don't uh, pause to remember the blessings that we have that come to us as a result of the highest cost paid by the sacrifice of others. This is true for us as a nation. But uh, this is not only true for us nationally, uh, but on a much grander scale, this is true on a spiritual level for anyone here who is, considers himself a follower of Jesus. If you are free today to enjoy in God a debt-free, guilt-free relationship with your creator, it's because of the sacrifice made for you by Jesus. For 2,000 years now, one by one by one, people have applied the sacrifice of Jesus to their lives and then experienced his spirit indwelling them to illumine them in a way that makes them shine with a love and a willingness to sacrifice for others the way Jesus sacrificed for them. So we're going to end our worship hour today uh, by calling those who consider themselves part of the uh, BlackRock uh, family of faith uh, and, then, and who missed the opportunity yesterday or last uh, Sunday to sacrifice in gratitude for Jesus' infinite sacrifice. Uh, we'll end uh, today, and this is the last time we'll do it uh, this way, uh, by giving you the opportunity to fill out uh, this uh, pledge card that's in your bulletin, and uh, we'll ask you at the end to uh, uh, consider that if you were not here uh, last week. And it asks you to make a, a small sacrifice to help provide the second floor, uh, which will make room for adults and students and kids to experience the same love of Jesus that he shines on you and me. Unity is so important to Jesus. We know this is what he prays for us as a church. And so in that spirit, if you have not yet given uh, your ple pledge, I trust that you'll join uh, the hundreds and hundreds of uh, your brothers and sisters here at BlackRock who have already uh, decided to uh, commit and have gotten us to that number that's so uh, close to uh, six million. Uh, I'm so grateful uh, to those of you who have uh, uh, pledged already. For 2,000 years now, one by one, uh, people have been applying Jesus' sacrifice to their lives, and one by one, each person begins to shine with the radiant resonance of Jesus' Holy Spirit. And when you trace it back 2,000 years, there was a first time. There was a first time when the first people were filled with the Spirit of Jesus, and this first time is recorded in the New Testament book of Acts, chapter 2. And when God did this, when God did this first day of filling Christ's followers with his spirit, God did it in a way that provides a vivid picture of what he does in you and me every day as we follow Jesus. So just before I uh, read a few paragraphs from Acts chapter 2, uh, let me give you the background. The timing is a um, few short weeks after Jesus uh, died on the cross and then rose again. And as Jesus ascends to heaven, he tells his followers to wait in Jerusalem for the day, the day that they would receive power to shine like Jesus, and therefore prove to their neighbors that Jesus is alive in the way they shine with him. Well, 
the day that Jesus spoke about uh, came some days later at a public Hebrew holiday. It was a Thanksgiving holiday known as Pentecost. And the followers of Jesus were together in Jerusalem within earshot of people who had come for this public celebration from all over the world and who spoke native tongues of Egyptian and Syrian and Libyan and Arabian. And now here's Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, the followers of Jesus were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the place where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Such that a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues? Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And so in this description of the first day when, uh, of God's uh, doing what he's been doing now for 2,000 years, on this first day of giving his spirit, God gave three audio-visual signs that are designed to reveal what God does in each and every one of us in Christ right now. So let's study these three signs of God's presence in us. The first sign is power. The first sign of God's presence is symbolized by the sound of a violent wind. Whether there was actual air movement or not, we're not told. What we're told is that God announced his presence in his people with a roar of power. In both the Hebrew of the Old Testament and the Greek of the New Testament, the word for spirit is, is the same as the word for wind. And very often, God's spirit moves in our lives in what feels like a gentle breeze. But the fact that God chooses to be gentle with us should never lull us into a sloppy misconception that the Holy Spirit is weak. The Holy Spirit is the infinite power of God. The Holy Spirit roars with power in those he indwells. The Holy Spirit roars with the power that makes the impossible possible for those he indwells. The Holy Spirit roars with the power to heal with his touch through your hands. The Holy Spirit roars with power that releases prisoners through his word, through your voice. He roars with the power to defeat hatred and bitterness and evil and pain through his love, through your compassion. The Holy Spirit roars with extraordinary power through ordinary people who follow Jesus like you and me. Don't ever forget that. Don't forget that the one who indwells you roars with power that cannot be stopped by any outside force. Don't you forget that the only one who can restrain the Holy Spirit's power in you, in your life, is you. And this gets back to the gentleness of God. You could say God is a gentleman. 
who respects your choices while nudging you toward letting him roar in your life. When you choose to listen to the voices of guilt and bondage instead of the joy and freedom of the Holy Spirit, he whispers your name. When you choose to walk in worry and fear instead of the the boldness and love of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit taps you on the shoulder and waits for you to turn to him. If you just knew the power that would be unleashed if instead of holding him back, you would let the Holy Spirit blow freely in your life, do you want to radiate more with the love of Jesus than you do right now? Just ask Just ask him, because God has unlimited radiance that he reflects on people who simply ask to be filled with his spirit. Don't take it on my authority. Take it on no one's authority less than Jesus himself, who says in Luke chapter 11, if you then, though you are fallen, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your perfect Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Don't listen to the voices of fear and selfishness. Ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit who will breathe in you the guidance that will change your life and cause you to shine. That's why for weeks we've been encouraging you to use the occasion of this pledge as an opportunity to go to God, to instead of consulting your own voices of fear and selfishness, go to God and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, to lead you, to fill you and take control. Nobody can do this for you. When it comes to your life in God through the power of the Holy Spirit, only you can restrain the Holy Spirit and only you can release him in a way that makes you shine. Which leads to the second sign, which is light. On the first day, Christ's followers were filled with the Holy Spirit and God gave this blazing visual illustration uh, of what God does every day in you and me as we follow Jesus. The Holy Spirit makes you shine. Don't you love God's picture? Uh, They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. I notice the the details here, because they're significant. Notice that the blazing fire of God separated after it was a unity, and then came to rest on each individual, which is a perfect picture of what we were just studying a moment ago, and that is that there is a personal aspect to your experience of the Holy Spirit where I individually yield to him. But there's also a corporate aspect. Notice that the fire of God started as a unity and then descended upon the believers when they were together. Did you see that word in the scripture? They were together so that they could shine as one. 
God fills his spirit, fills his people with his spirit when they are together, we're told, so that they could shine together. It's not like that, that you know, disciple who is by himself uh, reading the newspaper at home suddenly had this uh, illumination uh, over his or her head. No, when they were together, God was able to shine through them in unity. And church history demonstrates that this is how these believers changed history by changing the Roman Empire. Uh, Secular historians have struggled to solve the mystery. They consider it a mystery of how a handful of Jesus followers, powerless Jesus followers, actually mushroomed and became the majority of the population in the Roman Empire. When all the belief systems that were bumping up against each other in the first century, Christ following would arguably be the least likely to succeed in the Roman Empire. Think about it. Christianity was based on the eyewitness accounts of uneducated fishermen from a small town nobody ever heard of and claimed that God had come to earth in their neighborhood, was born in a barn, and eventually was executed as a criminal by the Roman government on a Roman cross and that this Jesus rose from the dead and then calls his followers to sacrifice their lives to love as he did. Humanly speaking, no one in the Roman world should have wanted Jesus, but they ran to him. And secular historians argued that, well, there were two main reasons. Two main reasons from a human perspective why Christ followers overwhelmed the population of the Roman Empire. And the first reason relates to how Christ followers were shining lights of barrier-breaking unity in Jesus. People in the Roman world were deeply divided. Ethnic Romans would not associate with ethnic non-Romans. Free citizens would not associate with slaves. Upper classes would not associate with lower classes. Men were divided from women. Old separated from young, such that children were considered virtually worthless and invisible. But in this divided darkness, the followers of Jesus were a brilliant light, rich and poor, men and women, young and old, slave and free, worshiped together and loved each other as family. And the world saw what they were longing for. As Jesus illuminates his followers with his spirit, he breaks down the barriers between them so that they can split the darkness as they shine as one. And as I think historians will record about us here at BlackRock, this is one of the ways that we shine as one. Our world is so dark with division, but, but society longs for what we have here as a family of love between different races and ethnicities and nationalities between old and young. Our society longs to love and be loved in a community beyond barriers. And that's why I I don't think we should be surprised that our community is pressing in to see us shine. And it is this unity of the spirit that we're asking every person uh, to 
to yield to who considers BlackRock their church home, uh, to participate in this family project we're calling Shine On across all our different backgrounds. Please, let's participate as one so we can shine as one in our unity in this fractured world. Finally, let's go to the third sign of God's presence in us, his people, through his spirit, which is love. This is the second reason historians would say that Christ's followers conquered the Roman world. They conquered through sacrificial love. Love in expressing in terms of care for people and, and caring for the sick, caring for those who are homeless and needy, but love in a very specific way as well, which we see on Pentecost. God's spirit radiated love by empowering his people to communicate the message of love in Christ in a way that needy people could understand. When God filled his people with his spirit, together they were miraculously able to speak the love language of people from all over the world. They were able to speak Arabian and Egyptian and Syrian and Libyan tongues so that each person could hear about Jesus in his or her own language. And when we read on, we hear the result. Peter said to the Pentecost crowd, so repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you too will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those who accepted Peter's message were baptized, about 3,000 that day, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Not only did God's people shine with deeds of love, but also words of love. There was one more way that these Christ followers uh, were shining with God's love. Here's how. They made room for more people. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Whose job was it to add people? It was Jesus' job. Uh, as the church kept showing the love of Jesus, Jesus kept bringing more and more people to them. But notice something. Notice that whose job was it to sacrifice in order to make room for all those people that Jesus was bringing? Yeah, that's our job. We love people in Christ by making room for them. Someone said to me, oh, so BlackRock wants a second floor. I said, no, BlackRock doesn't want a second floor. At BlackRock, all we want to do is do the job Jesus gave us to do. Jesus tells us to share his love in word and deed and then make room for more people as Jesus adds to our number. This is the job Jesus gave us to do as his church. Now, I want to say something that uh, is not meant to be critical in any way or boastful. I'm just saying I've been a pastor in this community now for over 30 years, and so I'm not being critical. I'm just telling you what I know. I know that there are lots of churches, maybe the majority in our, in, our, in our region, who have no interest in this job that Jesus gave churches. 
I know many churches in our region are not interested in teaching the Bible because they consider it irrelevant. I know that many, many of the churches in our, in our region, in our neighborhood, are not interested in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus because Jesus is too controversial. They are not interested in helping people find Jesus. In fact, I can tell you from firsthand experience when people who are desperately looking for a relationship with God, with Jesus, when they come to one of these churches, you know what these churches do? They send them to BlackRock. Because at BlackRock, we understand that proclaiming Jesus and helping people find Jesus is our job. Making it as hard as possible for our friends and neighbors to enter eternity without Jesus, this is our job. This is what drives us. This is what we live for, what Jesus died for. We will hold forth the good news of Jesus in the power and light and love of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And when Jesus brings us lost adults and lost students and lost kids, which he is by the hundreds upon hundreds, then it is our job to make room for these people he adds to our number, which is for us right now a second floor. Do you agree that this is our job? That's why it's exciting to be a part of this church. If you agree that it is our job to lift up Jesus and make room for people he draws to himself, and you didn't get a chance last week to fill out a pledge, then right now, would you please just take out this bulletin, take out your pen, or you can take out your phone. If you want to do the pledging uh, electronically, then you just need to text one word in caps, SHINE ON, uh, to 203-275-0035, and you'll receive a link to this uh, pledge card, which you can then fill out and submit on your phone. Uh, if you're using uh, this uh, a pledge card in the bulletin or uh, on the phone, then you need to know this is a two-year pledge. Uh, what we're asking is a two-year pledge uh, for the next uh, two years to this uh, important cause for shining for Jesus. So uh, I'm gonna ask you to fill that uh, pledge out now. Uh, and in a few minutes, we're gonna take our offering. And this offering will be both our regular weekly offering as well as our special shine on offering. If you have this, you can either tear it or you just uh, fill it out, fold it, and put it in the shine on bucket. So I'm gonna pause now, uh, give you some time to, uh, to do this. And then uh, I'll pray.
thank you that you've given us uh, a job, but you've also given us the power